Tavares backhand towards the goal, loose puck, everybody scores! Tommy Gaines! Can you believe it? Up the boards, can't get it out, Sweeney blasts for scores! Gretzky controlling it, inside the blue line, Gretzky gets it, he shoots, he scores! Just a one-man show, Wayne Gretzky! This is one of the best World Junior games we have ever seen. Good evening, everybody. It's Brent Griffiths and Paul Almeida with you. Canada Bears Sportcast coming to you from the Czech Republic, where Canada were big winners tonight. Yeah. That's right. Final score in that baby, 4-1. to one. Big rebound from the 6 nothing shellacking to the Russians. The Russians aren't too happy today. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, you want to talk about just craziness. This pool, is, we were calling it the pool of death. Yes. Right now it's the pool of a uh, high level of uncertainty, although things seem to be settling down a bit today. Uh, they are. Canada still holds its own destiny. They, if they win tomorrow against the Czech Republic, they will finish first in the group, which I think is extremely important to avoid playing Sweden or avoid playing Finland in the quarterfinals because I don't think you want to do that right away. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, what was the difference for Canada today? Goaltending, obviously. Yeah, goaltending. Uh, Joel Hoffer uh, first uh, was the player of the game for Canada. I thought he was calm in the goal. Made some saves when he had to. Of course, the big uh, save on uh, uh, McIsaac broke his stick and then the German got a breakaway and he made a big save there. If he doesn't make that save there, it could be a different hockey game. But after that, Canada scored two quick goals halfway through the game and uh, really kind of sailed on till the end of the game. It was uh, a big, big uh, effort for the team considering they were minus, of course. Uh, their big star, Alexis Lafreniere, who's supposed to be uh, projected Hell, healthier as healthier than number we one. thought, right? Yeah, he's supposed to be projected as the number one player in the draft. And a lot of their offensive creativity and skill flow through him. Right. And then also missing... The other two-thirds of that first line that they have, Joe Valeno, who got the suspension for the headbutting incident. So Team Canada down to 11 forwards for the matchup against the Germans today, who uh, were pesky, put up a pretty good As fight. As they usually are. Yeah, they are. They just don't seem to have that finish. No, and that's where, you know, that save by Hoffer, I think, uh, you know, really made a huge difference because if they score there and make it a 1-1 hockey game, then it's a different hockey game. Then who knows what's going to happen exactly. from that point forward. Exactly. Now, taking a look at TSN's website today, they talked about Canada bringing energy and emotion uh, to this game with Germany. I, I didn't see it quite the same way as TSN no, did, quite I frankly. Didn't I didn't either. I thought they just played a composed hockey game yeah. and waited for their opportunities. And, I mean, Hoffer had 19 shots on goal. Correct. Some were difficult. He made some difficult saves. I remember a couple of... Uh, pad saves that he got the pad down just in time as uh, the puck was coming across and the German took uh, the quick uh, snapshot. But uh, I think it was a comfortable game and goal for him. The thing I like about him is he's calm in the net. He looks comfortable. And uh, Edmonton, I mean Edmonton, jeez. Canada, Come on, it's Canada, only it's almost one yeah. in the morning. You can you can do it. Yeah, Canada really limited the amount of opportunities that the Germans had, and it's not that the Germans are blessed with a you know a huge roster of offensive talent, 
but they do have some guys that can skate, shoot the puck. And I thought uh, for a bounce-back game for Canada, I think it's basically what I think Mark Hunt, uh, Dale Hunter and Mark Hunter were looking for. I, I tend to be a little more negative on this. I, I expected a lot more from Team Canada in this game today, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching... And we've watched a lot of games with the other teams. The yeah. only team we haven't seen play is Sweden. That's going to happen tomorrow. But but I'm a little worried about whether or not they're going to be able to get their their game up emotionally. They were playing in front of a home crowd basically today, and just I thought kind of went through the motions a little bit. Yeah. And just were very okay. Is there a difference, Paul, between going through the the motions and basically delivering a business like performance? And that's where, you know, it's a fine line where, you know, you're expecting them to come out with a lot more energy, a lot more spunk, a lot more speed. Creativity. Creativity. Yeah. You know, pressing the issue, pressing the Germans back, maybe getting some power plays uh, right off the bat. Uh, you could say it that way. On the other side, you've got a nervous group of young kids who just got shellacked by Russia. And they're looking, they're staring at the Germans and saying... If we let those guys get a goal or two up, we're going to be in a world of hurt here, and that could be the end of our world junior journey. I thought it was a good hockey game this afternoon, and it was the first of the two matchups uh, in Ostrava. The evening matchup w- was not just a good game. It was a great game. Oh, it was a great and game. that was the home Czech Republic squad taking on the Americans in a game that went all the way to overtime before USA won at 4-3. to three. That game seemed to have absolutely everything that I kind of expect to see out of Team Canada with that yeah. kind of high, uh, that high tempo game, that uh, that you know that that pressure, that creativity that, that I just didn't see in the afternoon. Yeah, well, those two teams uh, again looked at the opportunity that they had. Uh, the Czechs coming into the game, I think, looking at it, if they won the game, they'd pretty much be secured of a place in the playoffs. And in front of their home crowd, I mean, that energy in that building is unreal. Yes. And, uh, you know, a couple of chants that they have, the hop, hop, hop one really gets that stadium rocking. And, uh, you know, they could have packed it in after that goal was called off um, in the third period. But they came back and tied the game. And then at the end, I think you saw they were playing for that overtime. Like, they wanted to get to overtime and put a point in the bank and make sure that they got at least a point out of that game. And, uh, you know, Cole Caulfield, that guy's a goal scorer. That was a hell of a shot. an opportunity in overtime from that area with that much time, he's going to put it away. It's funny you should talk about wanting to to gather that point. There was a time where they were in their own zone with about 53 seconds to go. Yeah, and they went backwards. (laughs) And they went all the way back behind their own net. They had no interest in moving the puck forward whatsoever, and I started to laugh. And that's what exactly went through my head is, hey, these guys are content going to overtime and taking their chances with the Americans in overtime, three on three. And uh, their goaltender made some big saves today as well and played well. But that game this uh, this evening yes. could have been 4 nothing after about five minutes. Sure, could have been. Because there was one puck that was loose in the crease. Uh, the American player shoveled it under the armpit of the goaltender and out the other side. And then there were two goalposts uh, around that time as well. So it could have easily been 4 nothing about 10 minutes into the game. And we'd be talking about a totally different story today. So as much as the Czechs, you know, they're doing it with emotion. They really are. Oh, absolutely. We talked about this way back in October. Yeah, yeah, they're doing it with a a, a huge crowd in front of them, a lot of emotion, and really scoring some timely goals. And uh, the Americans, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to be too critical of them either because, like I said, they had the opportunity to really put that game away early. What really fascinates me, and I know you love the song, 
is the number of penalties. It's been quite intense. That that are being called game to game. I, there were a lot of power plays in that game and a lot of penalties called, some questionable ones. Um, and uh, it really kind of takes the flow out of the game. And that's where you really rely on those difference makers, the creative guys, to say, you know what, I just need one shift to make a difference in this hockey game because it's not a momentum type. Like, there was no momentum in that game no. because as soon as one team had momentum, there was a penalty call. And then the other team had momentum, there was a penalty call. The, the other thing, too, that's fascinating to me, and it's really been noticeable as we watch this tournament develop, and that is it's almost, it's almost... Like the officials are looking to put a team down by two oh, yeah. every single time. There have been, I, I've never seen so many five on threes in a short period of time in a tournament, <laughs> in, a, in a season. I, I'd really like to see the stat of how many five on threes there have been in this tournament. I mean, I know just you and I, we've probably seen at least seven or eight oh yeah easily in the games that we've watched the first couple of games i was surprised by how many there were and now i look for it because i yeah. just know it's coming oh yeah and the teams have got to start to figure that out and got to be a little more careful because it's coming every single time oh yeah it's uh you know maybe back back home in canada and maybe you know in all these countries and i'm sure everywhere around the world you know when you've got a penalty You've got to do something pretty bad to get that second call on you. So the referees usually give you a little leeway with a little I'm not so cross sure check here. from behind. Here, I'm I not think, so sure that here. Yeah, I think they're calling everything like there's nobody in the box. You know? Yeah, it's it, 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 it's quite humorous, but it's also very frustrating because from a fan's perspective, I'm not really overly interested in seeing a, 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 a chintzy or a ticky-tack, as some guys like to call it penalty to be called for that second penalty to put a team down by two yeah but you could really see that this tournament is all about special teams oh the special yeah. teams if you've got the best special teams in this tournament you got a hell of a good chance of winning it because you're going to get your power plays and you're going to have to kill some timely penalty kills to get through some tough situations and of course you need the goaltending and that goes yeah. back again to what uh, joel hoffer did today for canada and if you can continue doing that I think that bodes well for Canada because they need a top goaltending performance because I just, you know, you and I, I think we talked about it a little bit. We agree. We don't think Canada has the offensive flair or the offensive creativity that we've seen from some of the other teams in the tournament. Okay, so we have Hoffer comes in and plays exceptionally well. Pretty much should have got the shadow. It was, uh, you know. Yeah, unfortunate for him. Lost it there in the last minute and a half. <laughs> on a three-on-one. So now here we come back to back. And now there's the Czech Republic in what's going to be a highly emotional game in the stadium. Do you come back with them? you gotta start, you oh, got to start to get one of these guys hot. I, well, I think you have to. I, you, I don't think you can go back to Dawes now and say that you're comfortable with him as your goaltender. You have to take this game tomorrow as an opportunity to finish first in your division and maybe get a team like Slovakia as your opponent rather than Finland or Sweden. Um, I think that's uh, job one is to win that game tomorrow and get that in the quarterfinals. I don't think you want to take a chance in the quarterfinals with a team like Finland or Sweden and hope that you can get past them without having you know, your offense clicking. At, at the top level. Paul, you and I have, and our group here, by the way, uh, have had an opportunity to uh, go up to uh, Trinich 
and uh, take a look at the other pool, the one that Canada is not involved in, because it, we like to see how good Finland looks, and they look great, at least in the game that we watched. Yeah, Finland looks great, and, uh, you know, even if you finish second in Canada's group, you're probably going to play Switzerland, and there's always something about Switzerland oh. that, I, you know, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm like... They're know. not the easiest team to break down and to score against. And if you don't have a, a great offense, that might not be a good matchup. Well, I'll say, with all due respect to Switzerland, they kind of play a Canadian-style game, but not quite as good as the Canadians do, yeah. but enough to make your life really, really miserable. Yeah, well, they live up to their you know, reputation. They're very good in the neutrals. Yes, yes, in particular. <laughs> in You're right. Particular. Clogging it up and making it very difficult for you to get through there. And they've had some good goaltenders and guys that rise to the occasion. And, and we, we, again, we talk about it. Goaltending, special teams, that's the key to this tournament. And, uh, you know, we like you say, we've seen Finland play. I like the way their defense moves the puck. Yeah. They've got some forwards that are extremely dangerous. And uh, we didn't see the goaltender tested too much, but that's a big boy in that. And he covers a lot of area. Okay, besides the Canadian netminder, is there one or two players that are standing out for you so far? I, I will be honest that the one guy that I'm noticing an awful lot is uh, Nolan Foote. Yes. Just seems to, every time he gets the puck, knows when to slow the play down, knows when to pick up the pace a little bit. It reminds me a lot of, oh, let me see, Adam Foote, yeah, who could uh, also do that back in the day. Yeah, he's a player that... Uh, you know, looks like he makes everything a little bit easier than what it should be because he just has that confidence. And you can tell that, you know, he's been, he's got that pedigree. He's been schooled a little bit about that, about what to do in, in situations that maybe other guys panic in, that he's calm. I really like Addison. I think he's been a good defenseman, and I really like his shot. I mean, he's got a great shot from the point, that kid. And, uh, you know, up front, there's been a few guys here and there, but nobody's really stood out to me there you know there are shifts where McMichael looks very good you know uh, you know Lavoie once in a while makes a, a, a nice play but there's nobody that really stands out to me and I can say that's a game breaker that you know is going to take that puck and is going to create something and score a goal or create an opportunity for Canada that's going to win them a game in an important situation I don't think we're telling anything out of school here on the Lafreniere situation but it sounds like the injury is not as bad as we initially feared the yes. last time we did a podcast, which is a positive. However, this is his draft year, so now not only are team doctors going to get involved, his doctors are going to get involved, his agent's going to get involved. I'd be very surprised if he plays. Oh, I would be too. I mean, if I was his agent, I would have to be 100% sure that he's not going to really damage that knee by coming back early or damage his opportunity of being the, the first or second overall pick in the draft. I mean, that could be worth millions of dollars to him in the I future. Know. And you're talking about a kid who, you know, has come back from an injury already on the ankle. Now he's got a knee injury. And if you try to bring him back and force him into a hockey game that's high tempo, the other teams know that he's an offensive dynamo. They're going right. to lean on him. They're going to be hard on him. And if he's not 100%, as you know, when you have an injury, you try to compensate with another part of your body to make sure that you're protected or that and sometimes it puts you in a very awkward position or puts you off balance. And that's when you really get hurt because a guy comes and he crushes you and you're not prepared. The scouts have been here now all week. 
But now the, I hate to say the big names, but I'm going to say the big names are starting to oh, wheel yeah. in. Steve Y, Steve Eiserman is Pat now Verbeek in here. Pat Verbeek was here. Yep. Uh, Pierre Dorian, Dorian. we've seen. Saw Shell Samuelson today. There's another Sorry, one. Sorry, hard to miss him. Yes, uh, big boy. Big boy. Uh, who else? Todd Marchant we saw from Anaheim. Yep. Uh, I saw Draper. Uh, oh, uh, well. yeah, uh, yes, Chris Draper from Chris Detroit. Draper We've also seen from the Edmonton Oilers here. Tyler Wright. Yes. So, uh, so, and now we're expecting more general managers are going to start to kind of find their way into the area to kind of watch a little more carefully as we come down the, the home stretch. Yeah, now that we're getting to the nitty-gritty of the games, this is when you really can see which players rise to the occasion, and you're getting close to getting best-on-best best hockey players and that's when you see which guys can really elevate their game and, and, and bring it when they're playing against the best teams in the tournament in pressure situations for their country. I mean, it's one game. You don't want to put too much into it. I mean, these are scouts that watch these guys all year long. Yeah. But it's another little check mark If you can show that you're composed or that you can make a difference in um, an important hockey game. So I think... Uh, you know, absolutely. The, the scouts are watching, watching very closely and monitoring, you know, every little thing that a player does on the ice. And you could, you're right, you could noticeably, you know, see how many more scouts there were today in the stands and on, that little two perch days ago. and on the little perch that they have behind the net there. Um, I would say it's almost doubled what it was a couple of days ago. Okay, so we get ready for the next matchup, which is going to be an insane asylum. We, yeah. bo- we both know that. I've been saying now for the last three days, the game that concerned me the most out of all these round-robin games was coming up against the Czech Republic because I just felt that the crowd would be able to maybe push these guys to an extra goal or two. And now the thing that concerns me from a Team Canada perspective, and we'll see whether or not that, uh, that fear rolls out, is whether or not they're going to be able to score enough goals because there's a lot of creativity on this Czech team. Well, and the Czech team can go into the game against Canada knowing that they've had a very good performance against the other two top teams in the group. Yeah, they, you know, sagged and uh, lost some valuable points against the Germans, but, I mean, they hang with the Russians and they beat the Russians. And they hung in there today with the Americans. Uh, as much as I said that the Americans could have put the game away early, they didn't. And the Czechs were resilient. They came back. They could have packed it in when that goal was called off as well, but they didn't. They came back and they pressured, and they had some good moments in the game today. And they were able to, you know, get that goal and get it to overtime. As we mentioned before, they were really looking to get to overtime and make sure they had that bird in the hand. And then in overtime, I thought for the first part of the overtime, I thought that they were the team that was pressing and controlled the puck a bit more. But that American team, they have so much talent that that one opportunity, that two-on-one was the difference. Just that one chance, that's all they needed. They were uh, were really, uh, they just waited it out. It's as simple as that. The uh, the group and I, I was sitting in the seats for these uh, games today. The people behind me had just arrived from Davos, Switzerland. Yes, they had gone to watch the uh, the Spengler Cup, and they were coming up here, and so I had a good chance to chat to them, uh, chat in in regards to uh, how they felt about everything down in Davos and when they raved about that event but everybody does everyone does but they were also quite impressed with the job Craig McTavish has done back of the bench with Team Canada he's got them into the final yeah in the final they uh, beat TPS Turku and uh, 
they're going to meet, uh, you know, coincidentally, they're meeting uh, Ocelari Trinets, uh, which is one of the host cities, host arenas in the World Junior Tournament. Uh, they're meeting them in the final. And uh, they were emphatic today with a 6 nothing victory. So uh, Canada looks good. I believe they've won the Spangler Cup 15 times. So good for Mac T getting back behind the bench and uh, after his little KHL stint and uh, coaching Team Canada in this tournament. It's good for him for stepping up to do it. And it uh, would be nice to add that to his resume as well, another Spangler Cup. And that final will be broadcast on TSN very early on Tuesday morning. In fact, uh, let's see, it'll be 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Wow. So 4 p. Sorry, 4 a.m. Mountain Time and 3 we'll Pacific. We'll be up. We'll be up. At the rate we're going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about where we're at and uh, the kind of fun we've been having here. Uh, wonderful. The hotel is wonderful. Yeah, it's a, they've been, the staff has been outstanding to us. Uh, this hospitality room every evening uh, seems to get, you know, a little fuller and fuller every night. And... Uh, you know, the, the, the location is very good, uh, the rooms are very good, and uh, I can't complain at all about uh, how the staff here have treated us at all. Tell everybody where we are, too. That's important. We're in Olomouc at the Clarion Congress Hotel, and we're in the hospitality suite for the uh, Canada Bears uh, fan tour to the World Juniors, and uh, everybody's having a great time. We've, uh, today we went to uh, Vitkovice. Uh, in Ostrava before our game and we did a tour of the Ironworks which was amazing and in my wildest dreams I would have never thought uh, of something that grand in terms of how big that place was I, I didn't really 35,000 people worked there I, I didn't even really know what Ironworks really were yeah. until we toured through this place today it's and massive. it was it was absolutely sensational and for a lot of the people yesterday was a bit of a day off so well we for example went down to Vienna for the day yep and uh, this is my first trip into Vienna wow yeah that's a great city I absolutely mean, so sensational much to do there uh, you know that whole downtown area the central core of the city around the uh, St. Stephen's Cathedral just going down some of those side streets and checking out uh, you know the beautiful in the evening beautifully lit up with the chandeliers and uh, hanging in the middle of the street yeah they're Christmas lights yeah that look like chandeliers that are hanging across the street it's amazing and, and uh, you know the little all the little cafes they have there and uh, going around that ring road seeing the Parliament building the City Hall the Hofburg Palace the museums I mean I don't know in Europe or anywhere else, a kilometer stretch that has such grandiose buildings as that one kilometer stretch in Vienna. I, I will report to you and everybody else out there, Wiener Schnitzel is what I had. Yes. What I have for dessert? Apple sugar. Of course, you yeah. have to have it, yeah, it when you're in so, Vienna. So good. So good. Uh, this, uh, this tour will be wrapping up next week as we uh, bring this whole event to a conclusion and then people start to scatter. And the thing, Paul, that's amazing to me is people are already starting to talk about, well, they're talking about the one next year in Edmonton and Red Deer. That's right. But they're already kind of planning for the oh, following yeah. one. Yeah, they, they, these group of people really enjoy coming to Europe, experiencing, you know, all that these different countries have to offer. Plus, they get to see the hockey. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, i got to get through this one first, Bryn, before, you know, <laughs> I haven't even started planning for 2022, but... You know, my, my phone and my email since I got here, uh, we have tons of people back home uh, registering on the priority list already to get on there so that they have an opportunity to join, the, join this group. 
Uh, we're going to keep it at 300. I think that's a good number. It's been a good number here uh, for Sweden as well. Uh, the people that have come on our tour are going to get the first opportunity to reserve a spot. And then after that, we go through the priority list one by one until we're full. Right. So that's why it's important to get on the priority list early for 2022. You have just under 300 people on this one. 296 to be exact. It is a big I've, group. I fell four short. Were you shooting for 300? Was that your goal? Well, it was a roundabout goal. It wasn't too specific, but... Uh, uh, it's a great number of, of, of people. I never dreamed that I would have this many people uh, on a tour like this when I started doing them two, you know, four or five years ago for yeah. the, to the world juniors. Uh, I've been doing tours to Europe for 26 years, but uh, uh, this has become a really big event for for our company, AzraCan.net, and uh, we really enjoy doing it, and the, the people just love it. We were talking a couple of days ago about the fact that those who are not here having fun at yeah. the hospitality suite, they're probably sleeping as we speak, will get up in the morning and will download and listen to this show while right. they're just preparing in their room, getting ready to go, or when they're on the bus next. Though I, today I caught a few people listening to the podcast as we were driving, uh, driving our way into Ostrava. Uh, so it, that, that's been fun, but it's a little unnerving to me to be able to walk around a group of 300 people and it's a hey Brent, hey yeah. Brent, hey what? Oh, they're all on a first name basis with me, and it is so tough to remember everybody's names. And I am so bad at names, uh, well, Peter. Join the club, Brent, because you know I have a tough time, even though I've seen their names on room lists, passenger yeah. lists, bus lists, uh, tour lists, you name it, airline tickets. Um, you know, sometimes I'm searching for the first name or the last name. But, uh, you know, we, we try to uh, make sure that we spend time with every single person that comes on our tour uh, along the way, say hello. When we have an event, we personally welcome them to the event. So I, I don't want to lose that personal touch that we've had right. with our previous tours. And that's why one of the reasons as well why... I think 300 is my absolute maximum. Well, you know, it's got a bit of a gray cup feel about it, and I'll tell you why. Because people, people on your pack on the package uh, tour that you've got going yeah. here, one we have them from pretty much everywhere, all across Canada, except for Nunavut and Prince Edward Island. That's right. Yeah. And we were begging somebody in Prince Edward Island back in September just to sign up so we could just <laughs> knock that one off the, the the list. Well, they they said that they summer there, so I don't know if that counts. They're on the tour. <laughs> Yeah, but they said that they summer there and they were, you know, shutting down the the house for the for the winter when they registered. But when you look at the group that we have in here, and it's dwindling a little bit now yeah. because it's uh, it's about almost fifteen minutes past one o'clock. That's right. But but uh, uh, there's still about 50, 60 people Oh yeah, in here. there is. But the the fun part for us is that you'll see people at the table and they're from all across the country. Oh yeah. And it's an opportunity just to share their thoughts on the hockey, to share their thoughts on the grand experience of touring through these countries that we've been touring through and everybody sees things a little different and everybody's so friendly well that's the common bond we're all here for the same thing we're all here to enjoy the tour we're all here to support canada in the tournament so uh, that's a bond we all share and then it gets deeper than that you know friendships are made and uh you know a lot of these people stay in touch with each other in between world juniors they become friends uh some of them even go visit each other in between world juniors but then when the world junior time in europe comes along you know they phone each other make sure are you going yeah i'm going yeah, are you yeah. going and then when they get here you know it's like 
you know, the, the two, three years or however long in between World Juniors, it just evaporates. And it's like the, they were together yesterday and they just uh, continue on enjoying uh, their company and uh, enjoying being here at this, uh, you know, uh, great event, which is the World Juniors. Of course, Canada now playing the Czech Republic on New Year's Eve. We're going to attempt to be up and on for New Year's. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just it's um, well. Man, we're doing a. Uh, I don't know if I told you, Brent. Maybe I didn't. We're doing a countdown in here. Yes. Tomorrow night, uh, midnight countdown. We have a bunch of champagne ordered. Our big New Year's parties on New Year's Day. Yeah. Uh, because uh, you know we come back late from the hockey game, so we want to make sure we do the party right. You know, we have five, six hours to enjoy a, a, a big bash. But tomorrow night, we're going to do a little countdown here. You and I will we'll be like Dick Clark, uh, Rock and Eve, and we'll uh, do our... Do I get to be Ryan Seacrest, America's sweetheart? I don't think you're pretty enough. No, I'm not. And I don't work as hard Maybe as Casey he does. Kasem, you can be. I'm Casey Kasem. No, I, I can't. I so that'll be a lot of fun tomorrow night. We'll have, I think we'll have a, a big house tomorrow night here. And uh, ring in the year, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And nothing will make it better than a big win. Than a big win by Canada, first place finish, and knowing that you're playing somebody like Slovakia in the quarterfinal. Okay, one one more time. The let's give everybody the website so they can check things out a little bit. Azorcan.net, A-Z-O-R-C-A-N.net. You can go on there. Uh, you can click on our link to the 2022 World Juniors in Gothenburg, Sweden. Okay. And uh, get yourself on the priority list. There's no obligation. There's no cost uh, once you're on the list. But what it does is it puts you in line uh, to receive information uh, before others do. So the game's coming up on New Year's Eve. We've got Sweden against Slovakia. We're going to be at that game. I can't see that one being too close. You never know. This is the world. Uh, you're right. And uh, it's a good opportunity for us to take a look at Sweden, who we've not had an opportunity to yes, see thus far. I'm interested to see uh, Absolutely. Yes, Edmonton Oiler draft pick. Uh, Russia is playing Germany tomorrow. We have Canada and the Czech Republic, and we have Finland against Switzerland. A lot of, uh, a lot of teams sweating bullets right now. It's well, been way closer than some people imagined. If you look at the standings, Finland against Switzerland is a big game because Switzerland can vault Finland into second place. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things on the line tomorrow for some teams. Some teams are trying to avoid going into relegation, which is a total different story. The bottom two teams in each group have to play each other in a best of three. Eesh. And the loser goes down to Division Two. And we know already that Austria is coming back up in Edmonton. So Austria will be part of the tournament in okay. Edmonton next year. Paul, thanks for your time tonight. Excellent. Do you want to get some sleep after you've had a beer and some chicken wings? What time's the wake-up call? Uh, not for a while. I don't think we. Uh, I think we're off to see another castle. We drew the right straw tomorrow. Uh, yes, we have the late bus. Uh, thanks for tuning in on this podcast today, and we're back again after Canada against the Czech Republic coming up on the S Tuesday, right? It's funny, you lose track of the dates. I don't lose track of the dates. Yeah. I know it's the 31st coming up tomorrow, but I'm, I'm losing track of the days. And that's my life, Bryn. I just, <laughs> the days to me are a blur. I just concentrate on the day of the week. All right. Paul, thanks. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. All right. All right.